Comics in the combat zone Comics in the combat zone Usually we make you laugh But now we're watching guys get stabbed with light tubes Hey there everybody and welcome to Comics in the Combat Zone I'm Jordan Ducharme And I'm Ben Stead And we are here to talk about CZW The Night of Main Events February 5th, 2000 and Seawall, New Jersey, the Champ Soccer Arena. <laughs> you know how much you like a new arena. This was yeah. great right off the bat. And you could actually tell it was a new arena as well. Like it looked, di- I immediately was like, that's not like the other ones. <laughs> like straight away. Um, and I was like, man, this is great. Because they also have like a different camera angle as well. Like I was like, oh, they're putting a bit more into it. Mm-hmm. Well, the- it's it's weird because I assumed it would have like be an amateur hockey arena if I didn't Google it and find out it's called the Soccer Arena. But they have, like, that wall, like, midway through, almost yeah. like halfway through the crowd. There's, like, a big circle around it where usually I would assume the hockey glass goes up or whatever. Yeah, because it's weird because at one point I was like, I, I mean, I only just found out, I guess, that it's confirmed it's a soccer thing. But I was watching it. I was like, what stadium is this? Because it's, like, <laughs> the ring and then there is a wall with, like, a chain link fence. And I was like, is this built for the zombie apocalypse? Like, who is, who's designed <laughs> yeah. this? Like, I've never seen a football stadium like it. Very strange. But it did provide, like, a new look. I liked it. And, you know, there weren't going to be flimsy walls they were breaking through. Instead, they now had a cage to climb up. So 100%. That's yep. great. Although, you said new camera angle. Also, like, an incredibly shaky, like, hard camera. Like, at the very beginning, it was just, like... Yeah, it was all over the place. And it just felt like it wasn't on a stable surface or something, or, like, the noise in the arena was managing to shake the tripod, and it just looked, like, awful for, like, the first, like, 20 minutes of this show. Uh, I mean, it looked awful throughout. Let's not let, let's not say it eventually Jump Light became 4K at some point. I mean, if we're going to get into it right away, this, <laughs> yeah. this was maybe, like, the, one of the worst uh, production outings from the company since the beginning and I, I don't know how this happens like a year over a year into this project now yeah it was like i i noticed especially that the audio was really bad like the crowd were rowdy and stuff and it just you just couldn't hear anyone speaking you couldn't hear i mean we've dissed the promo so maybe that's fine but like they're just it was really bad. No, it was... no, the crowd was as loud as the house microphone. Yeah. Like, you yeah, could yeah. hear the guy in the front second row is as loud as a dude in the ring with the microphone. Yeah. Just... And for some reason on this show, I think literally every single person had to cut a promo. Like, it's definitely an all-time record. Maybe we can keep an unofficial count on this podcast. But I just noticed, like, everyone just went right to the microphone. Yeah, I mean, my theory still tracks that, you know, the the length of the show is dictated by the i mean i mean obviously like but the longer shows mean there's going to be way more promos because they're not doing more wrestling yeah they're not written into the format yeah they're just asking for microphones because this was two hours 16 and i was like jesus christ (laughs) anytime the two hour mark is breached i'm like that's immediate point off the final rating here yeah and there's not many to take off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we get an introduction to referee Dewey Donovan, who's the long-haired guy. He's become more of a character now, uh, and he's introed, like, with music, and, like, people are, chant like, chanting for him. There's a girl with a sign that says, Dewey, do me. Nice Hell pun. yeah. And again, when you see signs in CCW, you know it's just something that the wrestler themselves gave someone because no one else in the arena for the whole show has a sign. Yeah. It's just this one girl that I assume Dewey's dating. Yeah, it's like in the old wrestling, like, you know, like, the crowd generation wasn't powerful enough to do more than one sign in a video game. <laughs> yeah, or it'd be, like, the same sign, but, like, four different times. Yeah, just, the- like, <laughs> highly pixelated Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, there's six of them. <laughs> uh, and so Dewey begins a promo, and so this is number one. It, you can't understand it at all, as we're nope. saying, like, the crowd's booing, and I think it gets a bit better later on in the show. Maybe they learn to adjust the audio, but this was, like... You can't hear what he's saying, so we I didn't understand him. Uh, then we're introduced to Lord Everett DeVore, entering to Our Hearts Will Go On by, I believe, Celine Dion, the Titanic theme song. Uh, yeah, you looked at me like <laughs> I'm the expert on the Titanic. Uh, yeah, actually, it is. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, which, like, completely ditching the, the royal British music. He still comes out dressed as a British guy, but he's also not attempting the accent anymore. So he's like, no. it feels like a man caught between two gimmicks. Like he's stuck to this British thing, but it doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, he's just going to come out naked. I think next, like Kate <laughs> Blanchett, like he's going to come out as a French girl, I think next time. <laughs> yeah. And he's spraying the crowd with something. Like, I think it's like meant to be a perfume bottle, but I didn't know what it was for sure. Like, it's almost the same way a guy would go around to high five people. He's spraying them with shit, which is weird. Yeah. And then he, he cuts a promo as well. 
with just the most thick Jersey accent as, as normal. And again, I, I don't know who, what he's talking about. We can't hear him. Uh, I do hear the words John Dahmer come out of his mouth, and then that music hits, and out comes John Dahmer with Natasha. Uh, and of course, he grabs a mic because he can't help himself. And he goes to talk, and then DeVore just grabs the microphone out of his hand and calls Natasha a whore. And he's like, no one wants to hear from you and your whore. And I was like, jeez. All right, at least he stopped another promo from happening. But <laughs> I want to say right off the bat, John Dahmer is looking pretty svelte. Yeah, he, 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 looks, he, looks, he looks better. I, I bet For if sure. we compared him to like his first viewing or whatever, we'd be like, wow, this guy's actually slowly getting in shape. Um, I'm not turning around on John Dahmer or anything. I don't like him, but I just had to, <laughs> I just had to say it. You got game respect game, right? Like you have to, <laughs> you know, you have to be like, yeah, he's getting. I still hate him. I hate him more now that he's thin. If anything, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the match begins with just a botch immediately, as like uh, he tries to clothesline Devore over the top rope, and he just can't clear it. Uh, so I'm like, all right, these two guys, both these guys suck, and this match is probably going to suck. Uh, outside, Devore hits Dahmer with a chair to the back. Uh, and then Natasha low blows him from behind, and Dahmer hits him in the head with a chair. So I'm like, all right, chair shots. That's what I want to see out of these big, untalented guys, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it is a shortcut, so I'm going to go back. I, I like the guy. The guy's got pretty incredible red boots on. Like, he looks a bit like Flash Gordon. Like, well, <laughs> like it's uh, that's the main thing I noticed about the match, really, with these incredibly leather red boots. Yeah, I, I noticed that, too. I noticed the crowd is really hot, too. And right away, they're chanting, like, both offensive and inoffensive chants. Like, at one point, they're chanting bitch tits at a DeVore. Classic, yeah. Then they start chanting show your tits to Natasha. Like, also classic, I yeah, guess. Yeah, the transition there. <laughs> they, they love tits. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and back in the ring, DeVore's bleeding already from the chair short of the head. He hits a belly to belly and then a big superplex. And you've never seen, like, a slower superplex that just, like, <laughs> it, like, almost took the energy out of the crowd when he landed it. Uh, and then Dahmer reverse whips DeVore into the corner for, like, this big chop exchange back and forth. Uh, then he drop kicks DeVore right in the nuts. And I got to say, he's looking better than ever. Like, John Dahmer's moving quicker. He, his looks good. He's thin. I don't know what's happened in the past few months, but... Cocaine. Yeah, I think... <laughs> I think... Um, he's actually... This is probably his best match I've seen him in, for sure. Like totally. That's, like, actually directly involving him. Like, I, I'm like, oh, actually, this is okay. Yeah, this is... You know, all right, and the you know they're mixing it up a bit. Like there's a bit, there's an actual rhythm to the match and things like that. Yeah, um, and, and then they do a crazy spot where Dahmer he brings in the four chairs, almost making like a chair table. Yeah, I think yeah, any yeah, fan yeah. will know what I mean by that. And then he just flatly power bombs Devore on the chair table, and it looks brutal. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and Devore kicks out right at the two count, and then Dahmer then just hits him with six chair shots, like four to the body, then two to the head. And that's when Zandig and Justin Case rush out and fill the ring and assault both men for the no contest finish at 637. It's so funny that <laughs> the first time Dharma is having a match where we're both like, yeah, this is all right, actually. Zandig is just like, fuck it. Yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm going to run out for no reason. Like... Like, absolutely no reason they just run out, batter both of them. Like, it's not... They don't even, like, acknowledge what has ha what they've done. Yeah. Like, when they grab the mic, it's crazy. Yeah, it's like, just in case you're wondering, these guys mean nothing in the grand scheme. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. boss showing them. Yeah. <laughs> Which, fair enough. I mean, it's sort of like when they set up that John Dahmer versus Barr match, and Justice Payne was like, what, are these are the guys? Like, <laughs> yeah. They're just letting you know where these guys are slotted. Uh, and Zandig, he's looking jacked as ever as well. It felt like there was like almost a big break between shows, and these guys just like all started cycling. Yeah, they like, went at the to, beginning of the year. They went to a, like a steroid retreat. And just <laughs> got absolutely ripped. Yeah, and as soon as he's out, his, he's with the same woman that he's had for a few shows now. And I don't mean to be degrading there. Like, they haven't named her at all since we've met. It's been, like, four shows now. She doesn't have a name. No. And, and the fans are chanting, show your tits. So Zandig sort of gets behind her, like, teasing, pulling her shirt up. <laughs> it's like, Classic Zandig. An honorable man, as we all know. <laughs> it's the exact behavior you'd Did expect from him. <laughs> and then Zandig says something about being hardcore, and he's calling someone out, and he doesn't come. So the fans start chanting, fucking pussy. And... It's just impossible to understand this promo, just like the rest of them. And then he Zandig brings out like a bunch of random CZW staff members. Yeah, wrestlers. Like, yeah. No, not the wrestlers yet. Like at oh, first right. it was just these unnamed dudes, and he's like, "This guy, he makes the website. 
this guy, he's our audio guy. Without these guys, you would, no one would be seeing any of this stuff. <laughs> I picked all this up. Yeah, that's it's it's crazy that he interrupted a fairly decent Dharma <laughs> match just to do admin, basically. Dude, this feels like the segment you'd get after the cameras go off. Yeah, at, at like a very important show or whatever. Yeah, a million, but like, why are they doing this now? <laughs> like, this is absurd. To open the show, it's just so self-indulgent. Uh, and then he's like, you know what? CZW has big plans. In a few man- months, we're going to have a Freaks of Nature match. There's going to be scorpions in one corner, alligators in another, <laughs> snakes. And in the last corner, whatever you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> the fans choose the Good animal. wrestling. Yeah. Like, Do you want piranhas? We, we got piranhas. <laughs> like, did he just meet like with a <laughs> one of those like animal trader guys? Yeah, 100% <laughs> uh, Zandig has access to all of these animals <laughs> at like the drop of a hat. He seems like he'd be friends with the Tiger King. Yeah, like, uh, they know yeah. each other. They run in the same circles. Yeah, gr- absolutely. Or you'd walk into his house and there would just be like a massive python. Mm. And he'd just be like, yeah, don't worry about that, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and then he brings out the entire CZW roster. He's like, we have bigger announcements. In fact, why doesn't everyone just come out right now? And all the wrestlers come out, but none of them get into the ring or anything. All the faces, all the heels. It <laughs> doesn't make sense at all. And then he says, you know, there's one guy in Japan who bring who invented the exploding barbed wire death match. And, and no one wants to fuck with Onita except for CZW. So we're bringing him over into the U.S., uh, in the combat zone for June uh, in a Japan vs. CZW show. And then he also offhandedly says Terry Funk might make an appearance too. Yeah, very pressing, like very relevant. Oh, you know, she recently passed away. Like, yeah, I was like Terry Funk. And like Onita is like, <laughs> like they're big names. And I was like, the, the original Forbidden Door, I guess. Dude, this all sounds like bullshit to me. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I do I, not expect <laughs> to see either Onita or Terry Funk. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, because that's mad. Like, Oni is, like, incredibly famous. Like, no way he's traveling to America to do CZW. CZW. Like, because yeah. thing he's going at this time, right, ECW and all that, like, because Zandig's on the mic and he's saying, WWF said it was too dangerous, ECW said it was, and it's like, ECW did not say it was too dangerous. <laughs> Terry Funk was like, he won the championship on their ECW's first ever pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. Onita, if you get in Onita as well, like, even if you're not having an exploding barbed wire match, you can just have a match with Onita. Of like, course. Yeah. I, I wonder if he, he might have even done ECW. I don't know for sure that he hasn't, to be honest. Yeah, that's but it is crazy. But I do like the idea that Zandig's just shooting for the stars here. Oh, yeah. I mean, Zandig has... He really believes in his heart that CCW is like the top promotion in the world. Yeah. And it's like, he finds it crazy that wrestlers wouldn't want to come there or flock there. Yeah, like, 100%. <laughs> but so this tall, this town hall meeting is going forever, by the way. This is like almost a half hour into the show and the first match was six minutes. So Zandig then <laughs> says on February 20th and in April, there's going to be CCW versus Big Japan shows. So apparently some Big Japan wrestlers are coming. And this show happens on February 5th, so we might see them as early as the next show. I yeah. Mean, we'll see what comes of that. Uh, I find it much easier to believe he's working with B- the Big Japan in this time period than fucking Onita and FMW. Yeah. Uh, but I think they might have worked with FMW, too. I don't know. Well, it remains to be seen. At the time, this felt like a dude in a bar like who's had a few lines of coke and is telling everyone all these great business plans like they're actually happening. Yeah, or... He, when he hasn't even contacted the people. <laughs> yeah, or, like, one person from Japan has ordered a CZW tape, and he's immediately like, we're getting Onita. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's all happening, baby. Like, we, let's get the alligators, let's get Onita, let's get Terry Funk. Like, they're all coming to CZ fucking W. Yeah. Uh, and then the camera cuts uh, for, from, like, this weird camera angle. So this was all hard camera, and then it cuts to the camera that's, like, behind the entrance almost, and you only see Wife Beater and Smack Mac. And it was actually like a pretty cool shot. If if it was done on purpose, I'd give them props, but I'm sure it would just happen to be yeah. like one of the cameras died or something. Uh, and then Zandig points to White Peter and he's like, Yeah, I see you staring at me. Well, we were meant to have Ian Rotten and Axel Rotten here who invented the Taipei death match, but why don't we do that CZW style? And so he challenges wife Peter to a Taipei death match. And then TCK just happens to be there. And he's like, and you too, youngster. <laughs> so you want a shot at the strap? You can all step up. <laughs> well, and I like that they threw TCK in because I feel like we have seen wife Peter versus Zandig like week after week now. 
Yeah, and I'm not tired of it, to be fair. I wasn't either, but TCK, just knowing how, like, willing he is to be violent, I sort of thought it was, like, a nice mix. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then finally, the segment ends. So that, yeah, it went forever. And then just when I'm like, okay, I'm tired of talking, you know, I'd like to see, like, maybe Rick Blade. Maybe they surprise us with a low key or something. Out comes Nick Burke, softcore Nick Burke. And, of course, he just grabs a microphone immediately, starts cutting a promo that no one can understand. He lays out an open challenge and calls for anyone to enter and face him. And this is when something bizarre happens. So Trent Acid music begins playing. He calls the open challenge. And so the camera's on Trent Acid as he's coming down. And then when the camera goes back to the ring, there's just some random guy in the ring. And I think it's a fan. And Nick Burke's acting like he's got his fists up, like he's ready to get in an actual fight. And a security guard sort of gets in the ring too, but he doesn't know how to approach the guy. But at the same time, the guy's dressed like a wrestler, almost. Like, it was very weird. I didn't yeah, know what to make of this at all. Because there's, like, another couple... There's, like, a few people stood up as well, like, watching it and things like that. And It's very tense. It's like, oh, this yeah. isn't meant to happen. This is sort of fucked up. I mean, yeah, it, it is very strange. I mean, I'm surprised it's not... We've not seen it more. There was that one incident where the woman bit a wrestler. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. just, like... Yeah, I'm surprised given that there's probably they're probably like we need to pump these guys full of alcohol to have a good time. Like this isn't happening more and more. Like I don't know if mm-hmm. it does elsewhere, but well, and yeah. he keeps calling for open challenges. Like I, I did a roast show like a year ago where I had planned an open like my roast opponent dropped out, so I had planned an open challenge where someone was gonna stand up at the back and challenge me. And all I was worried about was this happening. <laughs> some drunk audience members like oh, I'll roast you and yeah. fuck the whole thing up. So I'm like, he is literally saying any of you pussies would be afraid to face me. And there's no barrier to the ring. And if you're drunk enough and in New Jersey, you might just get a guy who was like, fuck you, I'll fight you. Yeah, exactly. Especially with Nick Burke. And, and no security. Yeah. No one, like, there should have been a guy just not even letting this guy in the ring. Like, incredibly dangerous. And so there's this weird, tense face-off. And then Burke, like, grabs the guy's waist, almost like like amateur wrestling style, and just, like suplexes the guy over the top not like a suplex like he just lifts and throws him over the top and then security grabs him and i was sort of like fuck yeah nick burke (laughs) he just like dealt with that situation pretty well given that he's like not a security guard yeah i mean the security guards didn't really deal with it so yeah we probably fell to the wrestlers but yeah it was it was very odd yeah very odd so trent acid then begins cutting a promo you guessed it that's every wrestler that's wrestled so far tonight, by the way, has began a promo. And he's holding a beer, and the fans hate him. He gets the same sort of slurs he was getting at Pain in the Rain. They really do not like Trent Acid. Yeah, it's odd, because there was, like, there was a, like one week where the audience seemed to really pop. But I guess, I don't know, they... Like, I don't think he's done much in the ring that would suggest he's a... Uh, a heel. And, like, I don't, I don't know why the audience hate him. Maybe because he's handsome. I think it's because he keeps showing his ass and, like, the women in the crowd. But that's the coolest always, thing. Well, they, the women always cheer and these guys yeah. are like, oh, I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate his tiny, tight ass. <laughs> his perfect ass. I hate it. <laughs> so the match begins and it starts slow and the fans are just panning it because they hate both these guys at this point. Uh, Trent reverse suplexes Burke to the outside then does his, like, lame dive off the top. He always does the dive where it's not even, like, a move he's just throwing his body at the person and it never gets like a pop it's like do a flip or something you know yeah i mean this match is so mid yeah i i just have it written here throughout i'm like it was so just boring another match i've never seen two matches in a row have a superplex to no reaction yeah the i mean the crap the audio problems are fixed because there's no audio like audience sound (laughs) yeah so you can hear everything perfectly but yeah i was like it was at this point I was like, man, we've come so far in CZW that I'm watching a match that's not, like, a disaster, and I'm still like, this isn't very good, like, this isn't good enough. Yes. Like, they've reached the stage where they can completely put on a, a vanilla mid-match, and I'm like, what? I want some, now I want botches, and I want, like, bad stuff. Or violence. Yeah, just something. Just give me so- anything, please. Or lads. just a reason. These guys don't even have a reason to be wrestling. They've not been involved with each other or anything. I think that's that's a huge part of it, for sure, is, like, wrestling is, like, you kind of sometimes forget the story aspect and the emotion aspect and stuff like that. So, like, when you see, because you can see people doing flips and stuff, but when it's devoid of like meaning or or anything, you're just like, mm-hmm. well, that's fine, but w- why do I care that these guys are fighting? What is the point? Like who? Yeah, and you feel that when it's like the best wrestlers in the world for like the best companies, like these yeah. are two 
pretty below average wrestlers if you were going to compare them to like you know mainstream wrestling. So yeah, it's just a boring slow match. At one point, they double clothesline each other to do the double down spot, and the fans just start chanting "boring." <laughs> which I'm like, man, that's the last thing you want to hear when you're going for drama, like both yeah. being down. Uh, and then Acid sort of picks up the pace. He hits a sunset flip bomb, then Swalt calls for the sweet chin music, just like Shawn Michaels does. Uh, but Nick Burke uh, reverses it, suplexes him, and then hits a nice-looking frog splash. And as soon as he hits it, Nick Gage just appears out of nowhere and grabs him out by the foot and then hits him in the head as hard as he can with a chair shot. <laughs> he throws him back in the ring. I, the referee just missed this, by the way. I guess there was no explanation. <laughs> like, no, he for, wanted it to be more exciting as well. The ref's <laughs> the one who set it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this sets up for the moonsault. And this is maybe the most audacious one we've seen. He... Fully, like, make sure all four sides of the ring sees it. He's slapping his own ass. He's, like, dancing with his ass out. And then he gets the clean pin with the moonsault at 10.50. Yeah. And then Gage gets in, of course, to cut another promo here. And he's like, all I all I hear out of this promo is bullshit. He's like, bullshit. <laughs> I'm like, all right, Nick Gage is angry. Um, this is... I have written here, this show's 46 minutes in right now, and it's in the running for the worst show ever. Because uh, Nick Berg then cuts another unfunny, fucking lame promo where he's, like, crying about chair shots and stuff. Yeah, it, it's just, it is very, like, this. it's so boring, like, mm-hmm. so far. And that's, like, the biggest crime, I think, that CZW seems to commit often is just being boring like they probably actually committed bigger crimes but in terms of like me watching and enjoying the show like yeah it's 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 at its most boring when you know like you're watching f1 and the cars are just going around and you're like yeah but come on lads like Mm -hmm. this is that where you're like i mean yeah you got pulled the moves off but like maybe take maybe fall over or something please a bit more yeah please (laughs) just a crash please lads and then when i'm like okay the segment's finally ending at least Everyone's gone, and the referee, Dewey Donovan, starts cutting another promo on Hat Guy for some reason. Which I forgot to mention, Hat Guy's back here for like three three shows in a row now. He's, I mean, he might be converting to CZW at this point, or he just must have all the free time in the world. Yeah, Zandig's like, that's why he's bringing in Onita, and so he needs to keep Hat Guy there. <laughs> and then, so there was this guy, and he almost looked like he was security, like he's with security, except he he's like wearing a... Like a jersey, he's like a black guy with a jersey and a bandana, uh, and he's but he's like acting like security the whole time. You see him at the side of the ring, and then he starts yelling at the referee and runs into the ring, and the referee somehow like kicks his ass, like hits a move on him, and then throws him over the top rope. It's and awesome. I, I was like, what is going yeah. on here? <laughs> yeah, the re- I mean, so the the ref is Dewey. Is it it's, Dewey? Donald, yeah, 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 and like he becomes quite an important part of CZW, right? I believe the so. Ref- yeah, yeah. So yeah. I guess this is. Just the start of it, but he he's built like a Power Ranger. Like he's got his leg extension. I was like, that's a long leg because it's like nuts. I was like, what on earth is going on here? Like, well, and the guy who's assy kicked looks like a wrestler. Like I almost expect we're gonna see this continue. But again, they don't give him a name. He's just a guy at ringside. And then even after this segment, the guy's still there at ringside for like the rest of the night. So yeah, I don't know if he's security or not, but none of this made sense at all. And then we get our hard cut, and I'm like, please, just give me a good segment. And when we come back, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's the Cashmarino's father, the old Italian guy, in the ring. And I'm like, God damn it, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The show's just not giving us a break at all. No, this is a real, yeah, I feel like I'm in the cage of death right now <laughs> trying to watch this. I'd rather take a cactus than watch this next segment. But. Yeah, don't worry about that. They'll be. <laughs> so he's he introduces his sons, uh, and he's like, play their music. We got a new thing now, basically, because they have different gimmicks every week now. Uh, and they begin playing That's Amore. Uh, as the two, the Casmarino brothers come out dressed as pizza guys. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. This yeah, is- this is funny. And to be fair, the dad as well, the crowd shouting like, you suck. And he goes, well, I may suck, but at least I don't swallow. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty, that's a fair comment. Like, all right, nice one, mate. Yeah, and the you, crowd always actually- reacts like a rap battle is happening. They're always like, Whoa, holy shit. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know how bad the, the it's been when the Casmarinos are the best thing so far. Oh, yeah. And I mean, and they're not really leaning into the slurs so heavy yet until, of course, he comes out. I believe Johnny Cashmere's talking. And he's like, yeah, I know things have been going good because no one's called me an F word for like three weeks now. And then the fans just start chanting it. And then they start chanting, tra- <laughs> chanting cash queer. 
it's a good pun. You, I, and I, I was like, oh, at least they're evolving a bit. <laughs> yeah, like I, I begrudgingly respect all great puns, <laughs> even if they are homophobic. Yeah, I don't stand homophobia, but I do stand. By yeah. Puns. So <laughs> at this point, I had to start chanting it in my bedroom. <laughs> no, I didn't. But yeah, I was like, that. That's pretty. Unless they've been on the forum figuring that out the entire week. That's pretty impressive to come up with on the spot, on yeah. the night. Or at least one guy with charisma just got, <laughs> yeah. got, it, got the chant going. Yeah. Uh, and then out come the Thrill Kill cult. And I'll be damned if I, I have to say it. I thought the entrance music was sort of cool. And they came out and had like this vibe to them. I sort of think they're becoming like at least a decent package. Uh, and they also... I was like, oh, man, I'm so done with promos at this point. And they actually, neither of them cut a promo. So I was like, <laughs> this is awesome. You're the biggest thrill kill stan now. Like, you're a huge <laughs> fan of them. As long as they don't talk or wrestle much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they don't make it clear if it's for the CCW tag titles at first. But this is, uh, these are the champs, the thrill kill cult. Uh, and Midnight and Marino start the match. Midnight gets an early, like, trailer hitch submission, which I'm like, is pretty cool. But, like, not what I'd expect from a... A CCW match. Uh, they do double team stuff. And I'm again, the Thrill Kill Cult's actually looking decent here, too. I don't know if it was like my standards were just so low at this point. But yeah. I kept seeing improvements in like guys that I wouldn't have expected and I didn't like before this, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think people have improved. I think it's a uh, little of column A, a little of column B. They've improved and also our standards are rock bottom at the moment. <laughs> yeah, they're slowly going down and down and down. Yeah. Uh, and then just as I'm saying how decent they look, they do this terrible... They do the one where uh, Midnight tries to help Diablo do a moonsault, and he can't commit to the moonsault and basically, like, bails off to the side of him. Uh, yeah, I think this episode is definitely the most botch-filled that I've seen. Like, actual just, like, out-and-out -out botches. Oh, there's, yeah. There's, there's quite a few. There's some very funny ones coming up as well. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, there's just... A, I don't know. This It's just very, like, boring. Mm -hmm. He's still, even. Yeah. Not, it, again, it's, it's called a night of main events. And I mean, at least we have the tag champs in here, but th this is not like this big sort of like marquee match. No. And before it, we had like bullshit. Like the first match was nothing. And I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm waiting for the main event still here, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, are they all, apart from the first one, are they all in a, like a title match? Or are they all? The second match wasn't. I the don't Trent think. Acid one wasn't. But yeah. I think, but then there's like. I think from this point on, they're all title yeah, matches. Yeah, yeah. And just like. But you don't, you have no care. You don't care. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know the thrill. I thought it was still kingpins. I thought kingpins were the champions. <laughs> they, and they are the champions of my heart. Yeah. But champions I was like, this podcast. yeah, I didn't even realize until the end of the match. I was like, oh, this was a time. Okay. Jesus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. And so they're outside and all, all of a sudden you see Papa Moreno like handcuffing Diablo to the post outside. <laughs> and I was like, how did he get the better of him and <laughs> handcuff him? But all right. Uh, and then all guys are down in the ring when out of nowhere Papa Moreno comes in without his jacket on and he's like gets chest to chest with the referee and the fans fucking lose it. Like this is the interaction <laughs> they've been wanting to see the most is the Rob Hartog or Ron Hartog. I'll never remember which one. Yeah. Versus Papa Moreno. Yeah. And, and then when the referee sort of shoves him back a face, uh, Papa just throws like salt in his eyes, <laughs> like powder. And I'm like, yeah. He's oh, very. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Flour, maybe? Pizza? Flour? Yeah. I don't know. And then we cut to the worst camera angle of this whole show, slash audio. It's, like, almost from, like, behind the entrance ring or whatever. Yeah. And it's so far back, and you can't hear, like, anything that's going on. It's just bizarre. They just cut to this as soon as the salt hits the ref size. And two huge bald guys wearing, like, trench coats show up, and they just maul Midnight with all these, like, power moves, and then drag Moreno on top of them for the... Dirty win at five minutes and forty-two seconds as the ref just comes to, and then yeah, then they announce new tag team champions, the Cash Marino brothers, as they call for Mambo number five. The announcer is announcing them, and then Papa, he he comes in the ring wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Like I think this is his <laughs> his tra character transformation because he cuts a promo saying, "You know what? I don't care what you guys say. I'm proud of my boys, and I don't care what they like doing in their spare time." Yeah, and they I think he talks about Michael Jackson again or something. But yeah, it's just like very, <laughs> very strange. I mean, I'm glad we've got Mambo Number Five back because and I, they had umbrellas and everything. Yeah, they, they, they like reverted back. Yeah, they were they they were doing a callback to everyone's favorite bits, <laughs> but it was so like. Like, the whole thing is he's basically like, I don't care if my sons are gay. 
And I'm like, but their whole thing is they're not gay. They're just flamboyant. But it's just like, yeah. And I also, guess even in Jersey, a dad has to be like, I'm okay with my son having an umbrella and listening to <laughs> yeah, five. yeah. It doesn't make him gay. <laughs> and even if he is, I'm fine with it. But also yeah. put that umbrella away, please. And then he's got a Hawaiian shirt on. Like that's, I guess the, that's the gayest thing they could think of. <laughs> yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't even know where the angles go. It like it's ve- it's getting very like avant-garde with like what they're implying is gay at this point i think this might have been a face turn and we're now going to see the run of the cashmerino bros's faces but we will see yeah okay uh, and then we get a hard cut and i'm so happy the camera's just back to normal after the cut uh and then the ring announcer is with in the ring and he's with a referee wearing a yellow and black shirt for the first time i noted here i thought i think it looks cool i've always yeah. i've always liked the yellow and black sort of what they're going for with those colors with czw it does look actually different you know yeah yeah, it's 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 a it works, and then out comes Mercury, uh, who they've only really pushed in the last few weeks uh, against Rick Blade specifically, and even he has to cut a promo saying tonight was meant to be a ladder match, but Blade has to beat me one more time before I'm going to allow that to happen. Which I'm like, that makes no sense because Blade is the champ and he already beat you. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And the loser's yeah. like. Well, you're gonna have to beat me again <laughs> yeah. if you want to put your title up in a ladder match next week. Yeah, if you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's what we're doing. That is the stipulation. Rick if- Blade's so honourable that he's like, "That's right, actually. <laughs> yeah, I do need to beat the loser again." <laughs> and then I'll then he can earn a title shot. Yeah, then I'm allowed to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so in our fourth match, Mercury versus Rick Blade. This is for the CZW Junior Heavyweight Title. And given how much we liked this match a few weeks ago, I was sort of like, "Okay, here we go. Like this should at least be not dog shit." which would be great at this point in the show. (laughs) Uh, And they start with, like, fast technical reversals, something these guys are actually really good at. It quickly escalates into bigger spots, like a guillotine swanton from Rick Blade into a snap moonsault. He hits such a cool snap moonsault. He looks good always. Like, he he nails his moves for sure. Like, Mm -hmm. he's, he's really good to watch. And it is, like, yeah, it's just very noticeable that he's a step above almost everyone that's been on so far. Yeah, and even it's noticeable when Mercury takes over this match because it's just a lot slower, a lot less smooth. Like, the pace just slows right down. I have written here video calibration because that's what came up on the the screen in the match. Yeah, I was like, breaking the fourth wall, sick. (laughs) (laughs) And then you can overhear guys, like, chatting about Loki. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) I love that. Just some guy next to the camera guy having, like, an actual talk about something. Yeah, because this match, we both really like Rick Blade, but this match is, like pretty mid as well mm-hmm. and you just at the same time as me being like this is mid it's just like the, it's like i'm in i'm there like i'm linked with the brain because there's just someone's like man that low-key match was sick wasn't it <laughs> it's just like <laughs> i low-key was so good and i'm like bro what's going on am, am i high like what on earth yeah they're they're me i am them. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, and then we get like an exchange of pinfalls that also isn't shit uh, and Blade hits his, like, beautiful swanton bomb, but then misses a springboard moonsault right after. Mercury goes for a springboard, and this is one of the worst botches ever, dude. He just fully goes to jump <laughs> off the top rope, and his foot, like, misses the top rope. And you can't see his face hit the mat because the camera works so bad, but you know he just went, like, <laughs> face first into the mat. And the fans, like, jump on him with you fucked up chance, like, uh, the whole building. Yeah, and he doesn't really... I don't think he really, like recovers from that like it's almost like it killed his confidence yeah a hundred yeah a hundred percent because it's just uh, then a string of like obviously it's tough watching someone who's like clearly in their own head but also incredibly funny botches like from there and just like this is so this is cringy at Mm -hmm. this point yeah and so they battle outside and blade like elbows a chair that mercury is holding into his face which actually sounded pretty cool and then hits an acai moonsault on him mercury's blading at this point uh, he sets Mercury up on a table, like, on the outside of the ring. And then he climbs up, like, impossibly high. Up this to, like, is awesome. The very top, like, there's this weird bird's nest, like, at the top of the arena that he somehow, like, scales and then wraps his legs around. I wouldn't even be able to climb up there. Like, you're meant to get up there, like, with a ladder, clearly. And he just, yeah. like, scaled the building. It's like Assassin's Creed. It's mad. Like, he just, <laughs> <laughs> he gets, and he gets up there ready to synchronize the arena. This is great. Like, like this is legit. This deserved such a better at like at like memorable episode because it's all like it's so good he does like a crane thing on the yeah he does the crane he thing. does the crane thing and i'm like 
this guy, this is beautiful. Like, I'm crying at this point. I'm, I'm seeing angels. I'm like, finally, something cool is happening. And then he just, he just fucking nails it as well. I'm so glad he nailed it. Yeah, he, he just, drops just a perfect leg drop from the top right through the table. And immediately the bell rings, and he's declared the winner in what I assume is a tables match. Like, yeah. They just didn't say it was a tables match, I think, is what happened. And they're like, Rick Blade wins at 11 minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah, I get, I just hope it was the ref being like just a single tear rolling down his cheek. And he's just like, there's no way. Nothing more he can top via that. a beautiful spot. Yeah, he, he wins via a beautiful spot. Yeah. yeah. No, but it was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah it, was. it uh, was. And then in the ring, Blade like brings Mercury in. And they raise their arms and go for, like, the standing ovation. Which, fair enough. After, if I had watched the first half of the show live and then was presented with this, I might be like, that was the greatest thing that's ever happened. That yeah. Because this show was such shit before specifically that leg drop. Yeah, you're, you just, you're so much in the shit that someone, yeah, someone giving you, like, I don't know, but it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And then Mercury just cold clocks Rick Blade with a clothesline. Which looked awesome. Like, the crowd popped. Like, oh, my God, how could you do that? (laughs) And then he goes to Razor's Edge Blade through this table that he has set up in the corner. And he just can't get Rick Blade up properly enough because Rick Blade's so much taller than him. And he tries to put him through the table. And the table, like, bends but doesn't break. And it looks so, like, inoffensive and just shitty. Yeah, it's like bloody, like, um... Like, when he's trying to pick him up, it's like a silent movie where someone's trying to, like, carry a piano in a comedic way. Like, the way he's, like, wobbling. And he's just like, yeah, he's taller than him, but, he like, Rick Blade looks lighter than it. Like, he looks... Uh, yeah. Mercury's, like, built. Like, totally. This is... I think this is definitely a case of just, like, nothing going right for him. Mm-hmm. Because, like, yeah, the way he's just, like, wobbling and then just, like just puts him on the table more than anything really yeah, it's like it's, he rubbed his back against yeah the table. <laughs> it's it's so it's tough to watch for sure and and you feel for the guy because you know he's already fucked up big so yeah like, uh man yeah just brutal and then he just i thought he was going to pick him up and do another move through the la- uh through the table but instead he sets up the ladder because uh, they're doing a ladder next match next show, obviously. And he does this, like, lame moonsault, maybe, like, four or five rungs up the ladder, and it just gets no pop. I'm like, and then security runs in and breaks it up. And I'm like, this is just a lame beatdown. Like, in wrestling, the beatdown is one of those times where you really can show disregard to the other guy's body. And yeah. just, like, fuck him up or throw him through something or hit him in the head with something. And it was almost like a soft, like, nothing beat down. Like, they did shit that was way less severe than happened in the match. You know? Yeah, definitely. Like, he came off worse from his own beatdown. Yeah. And then Mercury's being let out um, by the security in a big pile. And the ladder's, like, conveniently leaned on, like, against the top rope and not the corner. And Rick Blade just runs up the ladder and does a tope over the top rope onto the giant pile of people. Shelton Benjamin style here. And it gets a massive CZW yeah. chant. And I am just like, I mean, it's great, but then I'm, I am just a bit like, stop, he's already dead. Like, <laughs> like he just, like, he just, Rick Blade is just like, I, I guess he needs to get his revenge on someone putting him on a table softly. Yeah, Rick Blade um, saved the match with the coolest spot and then saved the post-fight beatdown with another <laughs> cool spot. Yeah, and just, you know, and destroyed Mercury's self-esteem forever, like the <laughs> ultimate beatdown. Yeah. Okay. Mercury's mental health. <laughs> What's up, Brainiacs? Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Just a program note that every Monday at 9 central you can join me Andrew C slack and Josh custodio for Monday night program come hang out with us as we continue to build the WBCW universe using fire pro wrestling promoter mode who should we sign what matches should we book join us for the only professional wrestling program on Monday nights that's Monday night program on twitch.tv slash wrestling brain this next match I'm so excited to talk about we get the wife beaters out next. Uh, Big Mac Smack coming out with a sign that says the Smack Shack on it. I forget <laughs> if that's the first time we've seen it. And then again, both guys have to cut a promo. And then, yeah, they both cut promos. I didn't even bother, like, trying to understand it. I could tell wife beater told a smelly pussy joke. <laughs> <laughs> where he's like, this whole place smells like fish. <laughs> it's like classic. It's pretty, it is pretty funny. <laughs> and then Zandig comes out, and he's led by Justin Case, the biker, who's holding a pane of glass, like a full fucking pane of glass. And I was like, okay, here we go. This, yeah, this, this is it. Things are officially cranking up on this show. Uh, and then Zandig brings the camera close and shows his hand covered in glass. Because, of course, this is a Taipei death match. They almost, you almost, like, forget that's a gimmick in this match. Yeah. Because so much crazy shit's happening. But his hands are, like, covered in glass. And same with White Peters and same with TCK. 
Um, so then TCK is out next. And as TCK is coming out, Wifebeater and Zandig are already squaring up. Uh, and the match begins with, like, like TCK tries to get in the middle of Wifebeater and Zandig. And Zandig just grabs TCK and throws him through the pane of glass. First thing. Yeah, it's also It's already... I mean, I love Rip Blade and stuff, but this is already the best thing of the thing. I mean, the best match so far. Oh like, yeah, it's immediately great. And and like when a pane of glass breaks, it's so awesome because it's like it's one solid thing, and then it's just a bunch of tiny pieces of glass. So like even when TCK is already on the ground, then there's like this mini rain of glass on him. Yeah, and, and then, it's just fucking brutal. And then when he's standing up, he's like putting his, and you're just like, oh, people are just bleeding immediately. Like everyone's bleeding immediately. It's, Not just from their foreheads with like razor blades, like from no, the, yeah, wherever yeah. their bodies touch the glass. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's, it's gnarly. It's awesome. And they, so they all start brawling outside. And again, they're not punching each other or rubbing their fists on each other's heads like I would imagine, but instead they're all hitting just chair shots, like brutal fucking chair shots. And then Zandig sort of wins this war by just cracking both guys as hard as he can with the chair. Yeah. Like at one point he hits TCK so hard with the chair it like flies out of his hands and then he just <laughs> picks another chair up and smokes white feeder with it. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, man. Uh, this looks awful. Uh, Outside of the ring, Wife Peter, they both get away from Zandig a bit, and Wife Peter just gorilla presses TCK through a table, just standing. And I have written here, <laughs> none of this is glass hand offense. Like, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, true. It didn't have to be a Taipei death match. Yeah, true. Uh, and then back in the ring, so Zandig's got the best of both the guys. He casually lifts TCK up and then gorilla presses him over the top rope through another table, a spot that's like pretty regular for him. And then I assume he's doing the same thing with Wife Beater. He, like, reverse gorilla presses him from behind, like we've seen, where, like, Wife Beater's stomach is facing the ceiling. Yeah. And he throws him over, and I expect him to land on a table. And instead he lands on a pane of glass yeah, that's it's, just held up by, like, four chairs. It's absolutely brutal. And, like, then the camera, like, just looks at his back for the rest of the match because oh. it, is gr- it is gross. Yeah, well, Zandig just rushes out of the ring. He gets the pin on the floor. One, two, three. This match only goes six minutes, 20 seconds. Yeah. It's like a fast-paced car crash the entire time. Yeah, and part of me thinks, I don't know, like, because I've put what the fuck, it was only about two minutes long, especially relative to other matches. Like, it feels absurd to be short. But I don't know if, like... That they did that spot, and Zandig was just saying we need like he needs help because yeah. it is gross. Yeah. Like wife beat his back. It almost looks like like a elaborate like tattoo back piece. Yeah, like, it covers his whole back, and it almost looks like a design. Yeah, I don't know how why that happens with blood, but maybe it's just like trickling. But it looks like a bunch of squares, almost like a broken yeah, pane of glass. Oh, it's gnarly. You must have so must have had so many cuts and things like that. And <laughs> oh, it dude. was gross. And the camera's just like. I love this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I thought the match, it sort of felt like Goldberg-Lesnar that where it's like, it has to be five minutes because if it went longer, it probably would have fallen apart. Like, I did think it was the perfect length because okay. it was like the perfect match in a way. Yeah. Um, and someone could have died. Yeah. I and think. I just, re- I, I enjoyed the match a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I, w- I wanted more, <laughs> but it was just, I, I guess, yeah, someone probably would have died if they kept going. Yeah. Um, so then we get our hard cut. And out comes Justice Payne, also with Just In Case. And I got confused if it's the same guy in two matches or if Zandig just has a biker who also is a tattooed guy with a do-rag, but I don't know. <laughs> they announced Just In Case this time, so I know Justice Payne came out with him. Uh, which also, I just hate that name, Just In Case. I think it's so lame. Just In Case and Justice Payne. Yeah, it's not a great... They shouldn't be coming out together for sure. Mm-hmm. And you know Justice Payne is cutting a promo on this show. If you're keeping count, it's like over 15 promos so far. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he calls out Big Smooth, who's sitting there in the crowd. And he's like, now that he's not part of the company, what? Did you have to buy a ticket to watch me wrestle? And I'm like, I guess this feud is continuing for no reason. Like, like Big Smooth isn't a wrestler at all. So it's just, this is all, I don't yeah. know what the point of any of this yeah, is. Yeah, he's, he's left, mate. In in K, he's gone. You won. Yeah, leave him alone. <laughs> and then he calls out his opponent, Nick Gage, and I believe for the first time we're seeing Justice Payne versus Nick Gage one on one in a match here. So I thought this would actually had a chance to be pretty good, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Gage attacks. It's funny because Justice Payne's like calling him and waiting for him at the entrance, but Gage attacks from behind with sheet metal. And then Justice Payne rolls outside on the floor, and I don't even think he realized that no one's cleaned the glass from the previous match. So he rolls out onto like a pile of broken glass, and you see him being like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then Gage like climbs to the top rope, gives him the middle finger, does the tope off the top, but I'm like, fuck it. I guess they're just wrestling on glass. Because it's also in the ring. No one bothered to sweep the ring. It's just. Yeah. I mean, no, no, neither of them are going to stop it. Like, you don't want to be the guy that is like, oh, can you clean the glass, please? Like, you know, they have to keep going. But it's just hilarious when it's at the beginning of the match and in the ring they're just doing basic offense to, like, you know, build it. Yeah. But it's just on glass. Yeah. So, Justice Payne hits, like, a standard neck breaker and they're both just landing on glass. (laughs) Yeah. And the referee has gloves on because you can tell, like, he doesn't want to do a count without... (laughs) Yeah, it's very dangerous. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, it's very dangerous, not only for the wrestlers, but... Like, the audience are not that far away from it, and there oh, is yeah. just glass shards must be flying everywhere. Dude, I, I'm like, I've been a bartender for years, and the amount the bar freaks out when someone just breaks a glass. Yeah. And you're like, we have to stop everything and yeah. make sure no one gets hurt. <laughs> I'm like, these guys don't give a fuck at all. They're no, just... they're like, we have to start everything. We need to make sure people get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they do familiar like brawling in the crowd, but like I said at the top, there's no walls to break through. So instead, Justice Payne climbs up the cage you mentioned, mm. then hits a tornado DDT on the gauge on the outside, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, he beals a uh, gauge into this pile of chairs, and not in the same way usually, where it's just one chair. Like he, it's like chairs that are upside down or like randomly just sticking outwards. So it just looks awful. Yeah, I mean, there is seems to be a lot of an undercurrent here of the, like, I don't know, it just feels real to Mm -hmm. a degree where they are just, yeah, we need, we're giving each other as much pain as possible. Yeah, it's like the opposite of that Mercury beatdown. It's like, these guys don't care about the other guy's safety. No. They just want to make it look good and have a good match. Yeah, I mean, I don't know too much about, you know, obviously that brothers and that, and and I think there was arguments and stuff, but it seems genuinely like, I don't know if it's a case of pushing each other or whatever, but there just seems to be like... I get that vibe. I think it's yeah. like, we, when you know it's your buddy, you you can... Fu- it's sort of like the same way if you're roasting a buddy, you'll like go way harder than you would. Yeah, and they are... It's like someone you don't know. Yeah, because there are so many chair shots in this that, that sound so brutal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it is... Yeah, it's just all the time they're just hitting each other with chess. Well, and they've got, like I have written here, they have really good chemistry, even when they're doing like standard wrestling. At one point, both guys are bleeding, but I'm like, I think that's okay because they're brothers. I'm not a scientist, but... <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, I think I don't think there's any problems there. <laughs> and then Justice Payne misses a lion salt, and he's thrown outside as Gage sets up a table. He gets Justice Payne to the top rope on the apron, and then I, I think he's going just for a standard superplex to the outside, but it looks like a brain buster. Like, he just holds him a bit too long, and it, yeah. looked, it looked, like, really dangerous uh, through, again... And again, these tables are just on flat concrete or whatever. Um, and there's glass everywhere <laughs> as yeah. well, lest, lest we forget the glass. Did the table spot feel any less uh, big to you because we've just seen people go through glass, or is it still, like, different match, no. fresh slate? Yeah, I mean, I think table ma- uh, spots are always great. Like, yeah. seeing a table smash is awesome, Never like, no matter cool. how many times. Yeah, 100%. So I, I still really enjoyed someone going through a table uh, i think i always appreciate it more when someone fails to be put through a table as we saw in mercury and rick blade i love that too so no, i love when they hit the move perfectly flush but the table just doesn't yeah, break just, for some yeah. reason <laughs> yeah it's wild that looks way worse than when the table break, like way more painful yeah so uh justice pain puts two facing chairs in the ring almost like half a chair table if you will uh, and they <laughs> they mean to back body Nick Gage through it, and they just miss like they miss the distance. So like Gage's knees and legs just go through the chairs, which might be like worse. <laughs> yeah. It looks like awful. Uh, then Gage hits a like flat power bomb, and then he just calls for chairs in the ring, uh, and the fans just oblige. They all start throwing their chairs over the top. It's just like a random like. I, you can tell Gage wants this as just one of his spots, you know. Yeah, and it does admittedly look really cool, I think. Every just time. Chairs just flying in and like... But you, I also worry about the safety. I'm like, this this is an arena filled with children. <laughs> there's like yeah, there's children just... getting thrown in. There's, <laughs> yeah, there's throw probably... them instead. <laughs> I imagine the amount of people who just throw their share shittily and like hit some guy in the back of the head, like in the crowd. Or yeah, whatever. and let us not forget, there is glass everywhere. Like, <laughs> there is glass everywhere. 
everywhere. Um, I think it's very funny that at one point, Nick's, like, they're like, please stop throwing chairs in that. Like, once you started it, you can't stop it. Like, what? You the can't ring put the balls. like, stop, everybody stop. <laughs> yeah, Gage is like, <laughs> like, there's two men, like, I'm drowning in chairs. And you're like, bro, you can't start it and then try and stop it. Well, because, yeah, Gage doesn't even roll to the outside. Like, no, he just... He just stays there and takes them. Yeah, he's like the captain in Titanic, talking to Titanic. You know, when he's like, <laughs> the water's coming in through the windows. He's just like that with chairs just flying... <laughs> over him I'm like what a hero and then eventually you do get this massive pile of chairs in the ring as Gage you see, you see him just going for the standard superplex and Justice Payne attempts to counter but then Gage does this like fall away slam and it just sounds like a gunshot when he throws Justice Payne <laughs> under the pile of chairs yeah this, <laughs> yeah, it was insane and he does it all in one motion just a fall away and he just falls in the chairs too this spot was insane yeah it's crazy and then right after, Justice Payne, like, not even selling it, uh, Justin, just in case is on the apron. Gage goes to punch him, but just in case throws salt in his eyes, which is twice we've seen that now. And then Justice Payne just, like, picks up a chair and baseball swings it across Gage's head <laughs> in just an awful chair shot. Like, in a night of chair shots to the head, this might have been the worst. Yeah, it's just wanton violence, I would say. Insane. Like, definite concussion. Uh, Justice Payne wins the match at 14 minutes and 40 seconds. And then the beatdown's continuing when Big Smooth enters the ring and gets in Case's face. And the security does this big pull apart. So I guess we're building to just in Case versus Big Smooth. (laughs) Yeah, it is weird. I mean, the security, because those two square up to each other. But after what we've just seen, they just look pathetic. Mm -hmm. Like with all the chairs and the security coming, I'm like... Bro, do you, you need the security for that? Like, breaking them up? Like, this is weird. Yeah, this whole thing was so dumb. Yeah. And then Justice Payne afterwards, he's like, security, get rid of Smooth. He's not employed here. And again, it's like, Gage is almost his afterthought when I'm like, he should be one of your top guys on this company. Yeah, definitely. Especially yeah. after that. Yeah, that was such a cool spot. That followaway slam might have been cooler than the leg drop. Like, it, we, we got a bunch of really cool spots in this show. Yeah. Which saved it from being just an absolute panner. Yeah, definitely. Some diamonds amongst all the dog shit. <laughs> uh, so then we get our final cut of the night as we're brought back to our main event. And we see the ring with no ropes, barbed wire, four cactuses, one in each corner. And to me, this looked so much more intimidating than the Cage of Death a few weeks ago. Yeah, definitely Just is. a ring with barbed wire ropes is like, fuck that, man. Yeah, yeah. You're, res- you're like wrestling for the devil. Like, <laughs> this, is the, this is the devil's ring. Like, it's crazy. It looks, <clears throat> it looks awesome. Yeah, very cool. Uh, and then we're introduced to Madman Pondo, who comes out <laughs> first. Uh, and, of course, he cuts a promo. Uh, and he's like, so guys, I got good news and bad news. This is like an awful <laughs> opener. He's like, good news is I've seen a lot of sluts in this building. And everyone's like, yeah, they are sluts, <laughs> our, our wives and daughters. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, but the bad news is I've seen a lot of F slurs. And he's talking about the guys. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. Like, I thought he was meant to be the baby face, like on Team CZW here. A lot of guys with umbrellas in here. <laughs> <laughs> so the fans, I mean, immediately hate this guy because he's going so heel. And then he, he's like, oh, yeah, all you smart marks said that Axel and Ian were going to come save CZW. Well, they didn't even show up to the building tonight. <laughs> so yeah. you're like, okay, so we're not getting <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that, it wouldn't surprise me if they just didn't show up. Like, yeah. they were just like, fuck it. I don't care. Absolutely. Uh, I imagine this could be like an OD thing. This could be like a money issue. This could yeah. be like Ian Rotten just outwardly saying fuck you to Zandig and trying to fuck over their promotion. You never know with the Rottens, I guess. We know, yeah, yeah. Um, and then he calls out, <laughs> he's like, I don't want to even team Lobo, this big nose R word. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> By this promo, he's like, wow, he's trying to out offense everyone in the. Yeah, it is crazy. The whole thing. And that cues Lobo's entrance. He comes out complete with the Venom shirt. Yeah, he, he looks sick. He knows he's in store for some violence. <laughs> yeah. And, and then Pondo says, well, fuck it. If we don't want a team, why don't we just do a three-way dance? So at this point, like, because he only says that actually that earlier that Axel didn't arrive to the building. So I expect we're getting a three-way dance between Ian Rotten, Madman Pondo, yeah. and Lobo. And then they, they call for some music, and out comes Cronus. From the Eliminators, like the guy we'd saw, I think it was the third show, third CCW show, like main evented, the guy who looked really jacked and okay and big, and 
not the guy you would expect in this match at all. It just felt so random. And yeah, it, it must be a case of we need to find who, who who's who, in your speed dial, Zandig. Yeah, who lives in New Jersey that would be willing to work for CZW? Yeah. Not only work for CZW, but in a no-ropes barbed wire <laughs> yeah. match. Can you imagine on the night getting a call from Zandig and he's like, can you come do a match? He's like, yeah, what is it? <laughs> uh, well... Okay, so imagine there's no ropes for barbed wire. <laughs> yeah, and cactuses. And glass everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's like, fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah. But you could tell in this match, Cronus was like not going to be taking any barbed wire. No. Not yeah. going to be doing any crazy bumps. Like, it was basically Cronus and two punching bags in this extremely dangerous match. Yeah, it really was. It was crazy. Yeah, so Pondo then, he, like, as the match begins, he's still on the pro, uh, on the mic. And he's like, actually, guys, I don't feel like wrestling tonight. And that's when Lobo, our charisma vacuum, he does one of his sarcastic <laughs> promos. But, like, actually, if you don't want to be a pussy, I think you are. It's like, <laughs> like, what a comeback. <laughs> so then it's, they start wrestling. <laughs> yeah, it's just the worst. The kid who you really want to have a good comeback when he's getting bullied at school. Yeah. And just is just like, you're... <laughs> you're like okay now he almost yeah. proves the bullies right you're like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like actually i'm gonna have to start bullying him now as well <laughs> so then almost immediately pondo is like thrown into the barbed wire like clotheslined around his ribs and then he's just stuck in it and i'm like oh wow that's pretty brutal but then seconds later lobo is irish whipped into it and he takes it like you would just take normal ring ropes and they completely break yeah. and he's hung up by his knees on the bottom rope like hanging outside over this broken pane of glass, it looked awful. Yeah, it looked like something from Silent Hill. Like it's it's crazy. Like it's gross. Like yeah. it's so bad. Um, I just worried about like a barb going in the back of his knee or like cutting a tendon or something. Just yeah, it's because he just straight up goes off the ring, just falls off. Yeah, he like puts all in... of his weight in the barbed wire that wasn't there to catch him. Yeah, exactly. He just because also when you're bracing yourself, I guess because he's been practicing doing it. I like know with Bob White, but doing the ropes, he's probably just like bracing, just like straight into it, and <laughs> it's yeah, it's wild, yeah, insane. So the match almost stalls a bit as they get like uh, both Pondo and Lobo like unwrapped from yeah. the barbed wire, uh, and then Pondo drags a cactus to the middle of the ring, and Lobo comes from behind and he's like ripped one of the arms off one of the cactuses and like just starts beating Pondo with it because these yeah. aren't like small cactuses; they're like a bunch of little cactuses. These are like full. Like, yeah, as tall as the wrestler cactuses, basically. Yeah, it's like in a video game where you you know you use the weapon and it blows up because you used it too much, but it drops other little ver like other <laughs> little bits so that you can pick up. Yeah, and then Cronus just picks up Madman Pondo and he like flatly power bombs him on top of the cactus, and the cactus just like explodes. <laughs> it looks crazy and like brutal. I don't know how like many spikes are in the cactus, but just as a solid matter to be put through like that, it looks enough awful. that you don't want to be put through it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure. uh, and then Lobo, again, he just gets hung up on the barbed wire. Like, uh, what's the move? Like, stun gunned on it. And it's, like, wrapped around his ribs. And I'm like, you can hear him just screaming for real. Like, the way you would scream yeah. <laughs> if you were wrapped up in barbed wire. <laughs> uh, and then in the ring, Cronus, it's a Van Daminator on Pondo, who's holding the chair. Uh, and then he drops, he picks up a cactus and then just throws it onto Lobo on the outside, like a full cactus. Uh, and then he power bombs Pondo and gets the quick pin at 8 minutes, 37 seconds. Uh, I don't really know what this was, you know? No, it was great. Yeah, I don't know. I think it may be tipped a bit too far into just being, like, violent and bloody. Like, I know, I understand, within this episode, I've both gone, I want more violence, and now I'm like, <laughs> maybe it was a bit too much. But, yeah, at points, it it wasn't it wasn't fun or enjoyable to watch, really. But it's that thing they say, like, the violence should mean something. Like, if you think no one should ever do, like, what Foley did in The Hell in the Cell, at least he did it on pay-per-view in front of millions of people, and at least it made his career... Whereas, like, this match didn't make sense, and then the opponents didn't show no, up. No, yeah. And then they just send in Cronus, because he's sort of a name, to fuck you up with barbed wire. I'm like, what was the point of any of this? Yeah, and, the, you know, the Foley match and, and fa another famous, you know, the most famous sort of death matches and violent matches and things like that have happened. have usually had a story behind it and whatnot. And this is just like, this is a dude who we met last week, I guess, or two weeks ago, and you're... Like, I don't care. This is just people being thrown into barbed wire. Yeah, absolutely. And so then you think that maybe this is an elimination match or something, because you even hear someone saying that, like, outside. And then Lobo comes in, 
And it's like, you just know Cronus isn't going to take anything crazy. So Lobo just throws a cactus onto Pondo and then leaves. And Cronus has just declared the winner. This wasn't an Iron Man title match, apparently. And then we just cut to blue in like what was a really confusing, yeah, awkward ending. It is a very odd ending. Very strange way to end it. So do you want to start with this one? When are you going to give this out of seven? Oh, man. It's difficult. <sighs> <laughs> I wonder if we have the same. I, I can start if you want. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's a a one. Nice. Um because I think it pulled out of the bat pulled out of the fires of a 0.5 were you know, Rick Blade completely changing my life uh with the, the crane move and stuff and some cool stuff, you know, the Zandig wife beat a match and some nice you know, the chairs being thrown in was fine, but still overall a lot of shit. Yeah. I, I have point seven five. I, I couldn't go the full one. It just felt like one of the longest feeling shows so far. And it's like you said, that boredom factor really crushed me more than anything on this one. But then it was also just plagued with like self-indulgent bullshit. Like you fully didn't need that Zandig segment with him talking about shit. Yeah. Like, or if you did, it could have been like a five minute thing off the top of the show. Yeah. Mon- Zandig monologuing. Yeah. It was like a 20 minutes segment. <laughs> it's <was> insane. <laughs> yeah. And then the amateur production issues that they just should be over by now. Random cuts to cameras that don't work. Like a shaky camera bullshit. It's just awful. Like, a few decent matches at the end couldn't save this, and the main event was, like, just a disappointing debacle. I will say Rick Blade, the crane move, and the Zandig match is, is what got it even above a point five. Yeah, I think I think we should call it the night of plane events. Oh, you got him. Yeah, that. we sneak that in there. That, that, with some great puns, unfortunately, they're homophobic, so I won't repeat them. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was... It was... That was also... Having that stuff in there always reduces my enjoyment of of the episode for sure. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. we almost dr- like drift by it without putting too much focus yeah. on it because it's been week after week. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's awful. It's always yeah. awful, and uh, you know it doesn't add anything to these shows. Maybe one day we'll break the two barrier in like two thousand five or six. But for now, we're in the dredges. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm Jordan Ducharme at FunnyJordanD on Instagram, Twitter, and everywhere you find social media. And I'm Ben Stead, and I'm at Pink Hoverboard on Instagram. Please give us a follow and keep it tuned to The Wrestling Brain. Until then, we'll see you next week.